This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. Tonight it's Ray Warren and Tony Squires with you counting down to the final round in the NRL. Will a key tiger be missing as they fight for the last spot in the eight? Brent Reid has the latest. Nick Kyrgios and Bernard Tomic are at it again with Bernie giving a spectator a gobful at the US Open. Welcome to the Rush Hour. Oh, yes, I can't wait to get to that story, Rabbi. How are you going? Squires, mm-hmm. Squires, mm-hmm. Squires from St George, aren't you? Well, I don't admit that anymore. That was <laughs> I, I used to be. There was a time when I wore red and white, uh, Ray. Uh, these days, of course, it's just uh, maroon. It's the only team that wins. Tony, I, I was just wondering, mm. people were talking about Robbie Farrer and what's he going to do. Yep. And South and Cronulla are in the forefront mm-hmm. of discussions, I'm told. I can't imagine why you're... Why your club's not involved? Uh, can you fill me in? Absolutely, I think they, you know, they certainly should be. The problem is that nobody seems, apart from Nana McDonald, who has agreed to go to the Dragons, nobody seems to be putting their hand up and saying yes, we will be there. I think Cameron McGuinness from South Sydney, he uh, had some contact with the Dragons before, and he may be one who goes there. Um, yeah, I read that. I'm, I'm wondering whether that's still in place. But anyway, yeah, you're not running the joint, Peter Douse. Might care to give us a ring. Is there any interest from out there, or has there been, for Robbie Farrer? Because he's going to come at a, bar- a bargain price. Absolute bargain price. Douse, do give us a call. Love to hear from you. Uh, the young people of today, Ray, the young people of today. I'm talking, yeah. of course, about uh, Bernard Tomic and uh, Nick Kyrgios, two of the young Australians just flying the, the flag proudly around the world that's for right. us. That's right. Cool. Doing yeah. a top job. Uh, they're at the US Open, both of them. Uh, have like, made kind of interesting starts. Uh, not just what, what they did with the racket in hand, but basically what they did in terms of vocal stuff. Now, I'm gonna, I'm not going to actually say what Bernard Tomic said to one of the hecklers in the crowd. In the U.S. Open, I think they're very, they're famous. Kind of that Bronx cheer. They get very close, and they, they, you know, they get into the players a little bit. Someone who's getting into Bernard Tomic, uh, and so he decided to give a spray back. Now, I'm not going to say what he said because uh, I'm too nice for it. As it turns out, our fabulous news reader, Sasha Tannick, <laughs> she's more than happy to explain exactly what happened. Have a listen. Bernard Tomic claims he was baited by a spectator during his first round loss, apologising for telling the guy to, quote, suck my balls. <coughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the tennis balls, tennis I, balls, I guess. Tennis balls, absolutely. That's exactly what he was trying to say there. Uh, look. They're doing us proud, aren't they, uh, Rabs? Have you been following closely the careers of Bernie and, and Nick and the way they have flown the flag around the world for Australia? No, oh, yeah, uh, um, and I've probably been outspoken mm. uh, and probably received it or taken it like a proper dinosaur. You know, I keep comparing them to people like... When I say comparing them, I'm talking about whatever happened to good behaviour in yep. tennis. I yep. mean... Uh, blokes like Laver and those people. I grew up with them, Sedgman, Rosewell, Hode. Um, that seemingly is not part of what's required uh, these days. But, you know, people are... I think people are too forgiving of these blokes with their, their mannerisms, which to me are just disgusting, absolutely disgusting. I, You know, I'm applauding Australia on behalf of Brazil that they didn't go to the tennis in Brazil. <laughs> Can you imagine Rio with Tomic and uh, Kyrgios both there? We had enough problems as it was without them there. It would have been so good. Nick Kyrgios says, he says at the moment he's just trying to get that balance between training and Pokemon Go. 
that basically <laughs> <laughs> explains where he is at. Bernard Tomic doing a brilliant job as well. We're going to talk our league with Brent Reid next on the Rush Hour, Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. It's the Rush Hour on Triple M, a Wednesday. Ray Warren, Tony Squires with you and we are joined by the man himself uh, from the Australian. Always read that. Whenever I go to a newspaper, I, I go to obviously the sports section, and any newspaper I go to has to have the name Brent Reed. Uh, he joins us right now. G'day, Reedy. You're too loyal, Tony. I love it. I love oh, it. I know. Hey, mate, Aaron Woods was mm. sensational. He was enormous against the Warriors at the weekend. Oh. What's going on this week with this crucial matchup with the Raiders? Yeah, look, we turned up a train today, and Aaron Woods was, was a notable, notable absentee along with Dean Hallettown. Last weekend, Kyle Lover got ruled out on the game eve with a, with a virus, and, put, and Curtis Sirian played with a pretty serious virus as well. Well, now Aaron Woods has got that virus, so Aaron Woods and Dan Hallettow based in quarantine from the rest of the team. It's my understanding Aaron Woods has been on a drip at home on a drip. That's that's how bad he's going at the moment. How, how sick he's feeling. I spoke to Jason Taylor today about it, and JT's pretty optimistic he should be right come game time. But heading into your biggest game of your season. You know, your captain after a monstrous effort last weekend is on a drip at home with a bad virus. It's not the ideal preparation for them. Wow. Yeah, well, let's hope let's hope he recovers because without him, it'd be really pushing it up a hill, wouldn't it? What's the latest on uh, Robbie Farrow? We're talking about the Tigers and the possibility yeah. of a nice send-off for him. Um, yeah. what, what's happening with Robbie? Well, look, he'll only get that send-off, Rabs, if he makes a decision before the game because they can't really give him a send-off uh, if, if he hasn't made a decision about where he's going to play next year. I mean, if he still looks like he's, he's, he hasn't done a deal somewhere, the Tigers won't give him that send-off. So Robbie needs to make a decision. If he is to have that send-off, he needs to make a decision before the game. And I, I get the feeling that actually may happen. Uh, it's my understanding they've had a meeting with the, the Players' Union this week. Robbie and his, manage, his manager, Sam A, have, have had a meeting with the Players' Association this week as they edge towards making a decision on where he plays. I spoke to someone today about him, and they said he's genuinely torn over South Sucranulla, which way he goes. But I wouldn't be surprised if we get a decision before maybe Friday. Maybe we get the decision Friday, and that way he yeah. can get that send-off on Sunday of Icott Oval, which, let's be honest, Robbie deserves a good send-off. Uh, yeah, um, that's right. Well, can I, can I ask you another can I ask you another question, Brent? What sort of money are they talking? I know that West Tigers are going to have to top up and yeah. it's going to be big, it's going to be large, but yeah. how much money do you think they're talking, these two clubs, South and Cronulla? Well, I'd be surprised, Rabs, if it was, you know, well, I think it'll be in the two to 300 mark. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it's anything over that and the Tigers will obviously have to carry uh, the rest of that money in their cap to next year, but... You know, I think at the end of the day, they'd probably be happy to do that because it ends the circus that's been dragging on for so long. And, yeah. and, and it's an interesting situation. You know, this week, um, Neil Henry's got a clause in his deal which says if he makes the eight, he gets an extension for another year. He's got another year left in his contract. It's interesting to see what happens if the West Tigers make the eight. Do they, you know, in this off-season, does that get, that get Jason Taylor another year on the end of his current deal? He's got a year to go, but if he makes the eight, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers sit down with him in the off-season and maybe talk about an extension because given the circumstances and all the pressure he's been under 
he's done a pretty good do- job for me, Jason Taylor. If he makes the eight, he, he's almost coach of the year, to be honest. I know it's a big call, but... It's such a bizarre sentence to say, Reedy, really, right now, because the things we were saying about him earlier in the season. I but know. I know. Uh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. All right, so that, that's Robbie. The other thing, and I know that uh, uh, Rabs is going to go through some of the permutations for us a little bit later on. And, Rabs, you may even have a bit of a bee in your bonnet about this. If things move around and, you know, various matchups and results go a, a certain way, there's talk that Ricky Stewart may, in fact, rest players from... Uh, the Raiders game uh, against the Tigers. Now, is that in the spirit of the game, given what he does, if he does that, affects directly other teams trying to get into the eight? Well, I mean, but well, you've got to understand, yeah, just, just quickly, you've got to understand that Canberra could be in a situation where there's, there's nothing in it for them. Yep. Um, and if you're in that situation, you've earned the right to be there where you are, where you can't go forward, you can't go back, and it's been done before, and it's not against any rule that I know. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you, Rabs. I mean, R- Ricky's got to do what's best for his football club, and if he's got blokes carrying injuries, I mean, there's some talk Aiden Caesar, I think, has got a shoulder problem. Now, if he can give Aiden Caesar a week off heading into the finals, why wouldn't you do that? I'll tell you what I'd be interested in, though, boys. I know they do it in the Premier League. What about playing the last round all on one day? I know it's no good for broadcast. Terrible for television. And we were every every match live. What are you talking every about, Reddy? You're destroying you both Ray, yeah, Rat Warren and my career. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the funny part about the, it. You still have to call the games. Yeah, I, I still agree with Reedy. We, we've gone away. I, I guess he's talking about all games on the Sunday. Yep. Um, and, yeah, you would never get it off first base because of the broadcasters. But, mate, if I had my way... Every match we still played on a Sunday, we'd have the old around the grounds, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I, I think we've gone away from daytime football to our own detriment. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The only thing you know what they might do, of course, they did it with the AFL. Ross Lyon rested players in the last round last year, so the AFL up and go, decided to have a bye week. So they yeah. said, okay, if you want to rest players, we'll take a week off between the end of the season proper and the finals, then you have no excuse for resting anybody. I don't know what the yeah. NRL would go with that next year. Well, I think they said they're going to look at that, Tony, haven't they? They've said yeah. they're, going to, they're going to monitor it and see how it goes. And I guess, you know, if you, in Ricky's case, you rest a bike this weekend and you have a week off. Yeah. You're looking at players who've gone maybe three weeks without playing a game, which can be sometimes that can go work against you. Uh, the jigsaw is becoming more and more fascinating as we head to this mm. final round of the NRL season. Brent Reid, as ever, thank you so much for your time. You listen to Triple M. This is the Rush Hour. Stick around, though. There's some breaking news from Channel Line on the NRL. That is next, right after this. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash now. This is the Russia. Ray Warren and Tony Squires with you on this Wednesday. Just going to get you some news that has just come through from the Nine Network. Ray Warren's very own uh, Peter Overton speaking. Have a listen to this. We're going to go to breaking news for you now. Shark star Andrew Fafita has been issued with a warning for consorting with criminals by the gang squad. NRL CEO Todd Greenberg says it's a reminder to players and officials to be careful who they associate with. Fafita is likely to be interviewed by the integrity unit. Corey Norman, Junior Paulo and James Seguiaro were issued with a similar warning after a dinner at the Star Casino earlier this year. There it is from the Nine News this evening. Cronulla's Andrew Fafita issued with that consorting warning, uh, Ray Warren. That's not a good look. 
No, it's not not a good look, but let me, uh, if you like, hasten in to say it's not a crime. Uh, That's not considered to be a crime to be warned about consorting. It only becomes a crime if you're found in the company of the same criminals again. So, I mean, it's a silly thing to do. I mean, as Todd Greenberg said, you know, you've got to choose carefully who you're seen with, who you mix with, and I agree with that. Norman will agree with that. So will Seguiaro probably. But until they are found doing the same thing with the same people, it's not a crime. Where's the glamour in it? You can see that, you know, this happens so often with uh, NRL players, and obviously it shouldn't happen, and uh, and as you say, Todd Greenberg trying as hard as he obviously can to stamp it out. But as an old policeman's son, the notion of hanging out with those kinds of types just doesn't really appeal. I don't know, Ray, I know you know, hang out every weekend with, you know, known criminals. Do you? Well, if they are criminals, I don't know that they are. I mean, <laughs> most of them are at the bowling club at the TAB window, but um, I don't know that any of them are criminals. Unknown criminals. They might be, <laughs> they might be guilty of an offence mixing with me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look that offence up. <laughs> I love it. We're going to get you a sports update very shortly, including some news. A couple of the Broncos out for the season. Next on the Rush Hour, Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast Brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. Yeah, that's the light. That's Disturbed. That's my mother Nancy's uh, new favourite song to play on the organ and Merv comes around and sings it over the shoulder. It's terrific. You go up there. Uh, Ray, you have to come up to Newcastle one day when we have a sing-along around the organ and Mum says, "Put uh, let's play Disturbed, Mervyn. And I'll be... <laughs> Is it one of those... Uh... Pianola organs that you're talking about? No, no, it's it's you know the, the ones you yeah, don't have to the, play. You nah. just press the pedals. No, no, Nancy's got great skills. She presses the pedals, but she also does the keys with her fingers. It's, you know, it's, she does all. How the long work. has she been playing the organ? Uh, she's been playing the organ now for 60, 60 years, I guess. And My God! Yeah, I know. It's like one. She'd have to be proficient by by now. Yeah, one continuous song really. It's been although. <laughs> She does like to add, you know, the new songs uh, to her repertoire, like Disturbed, uh, which you want. <laughs> okay, let's move. Magic Glass, your premier glass replacement specialists. Magicglass.com.au. Sports update. And some league news thanks to Brighton's lawyers. Brisbane have lost utility Cody Nickarim and Senator Jack Reed for the rest of the 2016 season due to shoulder surgeries, with fears that the latter may be forced into premature retirement. Coach Wayne Bennett confirmed uh, today that neither Reed nor Nicarima will play again this season. Reed's ongoing arthritis issues threatening to end the 28-year-old's career. Uh, James Tedesco, he's back at training, but West Tigers teammates uh, have quashed any hope of the star fullback playing in Sunday's big NRL final round clash with Canberra. Side of Tedesco, though, running around Concord Oval would have heartened Tigers fans two weeks after he underwent surgery on that broken jaw. Uh, but New South Wales uh, Origin custodian, relying on the ninth place Tigers, sneaking into the finals if he's to play again this season. Gee, that would be a good look, wouldn't it, Rabs, if he could get back on there? No, I'd love to see him back. He's one of those people that, you know, puts some bums on seats and as a commentator, I stand whenever he gets the football, so you know he's he's a, a thrilling player. That league news was thanks to Bryden's lawyers. The AFL's investigation into whether Greater Western Sydney's Lockie Whitfield Dodge drug testers is likely to be completed this week, according to Gillan McLaughlin. The Giants' number one draft pick from 2012 is alleged to have stayed at the house of the club's former welfare boss, Craig Lambert, to avoid drug testers. And, of course, that big game between uh, GWS in Sydney uh, and Sydney Swans next Saturday. 
England rewrote the record books after posting an incredible, I can't believe this, total of three for 444 in the third one-day international against Pakistan at Trent Bridge. I think Alex Hale hit 170 himself. Uh, England now holds the record for the highest ever total in an ODI and uh, did it by hitting that four with one ball remaining in their innings, breaking the previous record, Sri Lanka's against the Netherlands, the might of the Netherlands, I should say, in 2006. Uh, um, Did they use the 50 overs? Yeah, no, yeah, they they used the 50 overs. They did indeed. (laughs) 444? Yeah, exactly. In the old days, it'd take two days in a test match to score 444. That's a one-day well, boycott would take a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wouldn't that put you to sleep as well? Uh, plenty to come. Uh, we are going to talk tennis. We are going to talk. Ray Warren is going to set us up what goes on in this final weekend. What are the permutations? That is all ahead on the Rush Hour, Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ State. Stadium Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. It's a rush hour on Triple M. Uh, as we mentioned, just some news for Parramatta who have had a season where they've actually performed terrifically under the circumstances, but they aren't going to feature in the finals. Obviously, those points that were deducted from them. But they have managed some signings. Michael Jennings' brother, George, uh, has will be joining them next season, along with Nathan Brown from South Sydney. So plenty of people still keen to get in the blue and gold jersey of the Eels. Now, as I mentioned, Rabs, they won't be playing uh, uh, finals footy. I guess there's nine teams who have that dream of playing. Uh, plenty of them obviously are up there. But when we look at this final round, there is so much that can still happen, so many positions that aren't certain from number one through to number eight. Yeah, you're absolutely right, mate. And I just did a bit of work uh, research this afternoon and it's really a a case of possibles versus probables. Very quickly, uh, in order of the matches, the way they're being played, Brisbane versus Roosters. Mm -hmm. Brisbane with a win can leapfrog the Cowboys, lose and they can be demoted by the Dogs and possibly the Panthers and go down as far as seven. The Dogs can go upward to five with a win and a Brisbane loss. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers win and you could go past the Broncos and the Dogs if you lose. The, the ones that really are, are sort of the sinecure of most eyes, the Titans, of course, if they win, they're safe in eight. Yep. If they lose, then, then they can be taken out of the eight by the Tigers winning. Canberra, if uh, the Sharks are beaten, mm-hmm. they can go to second by beating the Tigers. This is important, yep. by beating the Tigers by six or more. And, of course, coming with that, and this is the one that really is central to most conversations yep. about Ricky resting players, um, if, if they can grab second, of course, that means they've got a home ground advantage for week one. Yep. Lose to the Tigers, and this is the point I was making earlier, lose to the Tigers and it makes no difference to their standing, but it would be then for them an away game in week one. But there's no rule that I can think of that would debar... Uh, Ricky Stewart from resting players if he's in that situation. Yeah, only the rule that the Titans will be very bitter and twisted. <laughs> the 100,000 thing, though, for the minor premiership, that bothers me, Tone. I mean, yep. that that is really about the amount of money a team, a first-round loser in the Auckland Nines gets is about the same as our minor premiership. So Cronulla and Melbourne are doing battle for a purse of $100,000, but, my God, I tell you what, 26 weeks of bashing and barging and blood and sweat and tears 
and the prize for first past the post is $100,000. It is extraordinary, isn't it? When we see what happens with the EPL, and obviously it's a totally different system, and we love the finals. We love the notion of the grand final, that one afternoon where you have to perform at your peak and you are judged and you win and you hold that trophy aloft. That's all that. Nobody wants to change that. But you're absolutely right. The prize for being the most consistent, the best team over that stretch of the season... Uh, home and away, just does seem to be a, a bit on the the mean side, doesn't it? Well, it's, it's it smacks in the face of history. You see, once upon a time, almost up until I think the 50s, mm-hmm. the premiership was decided by first past the post. Yep. You, in fact, were recognised as the premiership winners if you were first past the post. Then came, I think, some time through all of this, the the minor premiers had the right to challenge if they were uh, I beg your pardon uh, the the minor premiers reserved the right to challenge the actual winner of the grand final so uh, what I'm saying is that once upon a time first past the post that was the pinnacle that was it um, but now they get a miserable hundred thousand dollars I mean a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money I know that but when you compare it to the first round losers of the nines. It makes it makes a mockery yeah, of the grand final. I love the fact that uh, James Maloney, who's for the sh- for the Sharks, he's going for something like three or four uh, four premierships, minor premierships in a row. Of course, he did it with the Roosters three years in a row. He was uh, asked about how important the minor premiership was, and he said, "Oh no, it's not that. You know, we're focusing on further down the track, the big you know the big prize at the end." And then he was told that Lyle Gorman from the Sharks had said that if they win the minor premiership, uh, the hundred thousand dollars will be split among the players. To which James said, "No, it's." Very, very important, the minor premiership. <laughs> really very, very important. It, it is important because, you know, Cronulla and Melbourne, Cronulla, they need to win. Because yep. if they lose and Canberra beats West Tigers by more than six, Canberra gets the home game. So it'll be two versus three and that'll be Cronulla travelling to Canberra. Yeah. Did so, they did they that, show you enough though, Rabs, last week to the Sharks that they'd got over that little end of season slump compared with Melbourne, obviously, who had a bad loss to the Broncos last yeah, week? I think who, they did. Who do you think? I who, think they did. But mate, Canberra at home mm. with that, that Viking crowd of theirs, um, and the weather can do anything down there. To me it's a massive incentive for Canberra. Never mind about resting players. Um, if Cronulla are beaten Ricky will have every available troop on the ground, let me tell you. Absolutely will. This is a Rush Hour. Triple M, come back, wrap it all up. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. It's a Rush Hour on Triple M. Ray Warren and Tony Squires with you on this Wednesday. We spoke earlier about uh, Robbie Farrer and the possibilities of send-offs of... A little tour around Leichhardt Oval perhaps uh, this weekend to say goodbye. Well, there's another man, uh, Rabs, for the Dragons. Obviously, Benji Marshall, he's been reinstated uh, for the game against Newcastle at Cogra after uh, being dropped last week. But it's a chance for people to say goodbye to Benji for his efforts over the past three years. But the other name that has snuck through, of course, belongs to Ben Cray. Now, at the beginning of the year, Ben Cray has been a great servant for the Dragons. He uh, looked every chance of going past Ben Hornby in terms of the most games ever for uh, the, the St. George Little side. That obviously is now never going to happen. Injury has absolutely ruined the back end, well, certainly this season, and he played a few games early. But he has been named to play against Newcastle, and he certainly deserves a send-off, Benny Cray. 
no doubt about it. Um, Wollongong University. He's he's quite uh, quite a gentleman. He's he's a wonderful orator, um, and he's been a wonderful servant to St George and the game. Played played Origin for New South Wales. Uh, I'm just a, an absolute fan of Ben Cray. So it it is. It's a, it's a strange old weekend. It's a, it's a sad weekend in many ways. People like Ben Cray, Benji Marshall. Yep. What about Benji Marshall? I mean kids out in the street were all trying to imitate or emulate Benji Marshall. That's the impact he had on the game. Yeah, um, and, and there's not too many players you can think about that have actually done that in their career. No, well done, all of them. Get out and support those players as they uh, make their final, uh, final tackle, their final hit up in this great game. All right, time for this. Magic Glass, your premier glass replacement specialists. Magicglass.com.au Sports update. Yeah, just get you up to date with what's going on at the US Open. Uh, Samantha Stoza, of course, has advanced to the second round with that win over Camila Giorgi. Daria Gavrilova, she was uh, outed, of course, 6 4 6 4, first round match against Czech Lucy Safarova. And uh, on, we spoke earlier and played you, Bernard Tomic's outburst. Uh, he lost that first round match, 6 4 6 3, 4 6 7 6 to Demir Zumba, uh, who of course won 7 0 in the tie break. And that was probably worse than what Bernard Tomic had to say the fact that he just gave up, tossed in the racket, didn't even try to hit the front last few. It's not the first time he's done that. Yeah, doesn't that make that just makes me so angry? For a man who doesn't have the skill, uh, I'm talking about myself now, to watch somebody else who does just not try. Although that said, Rabs, when I play social tennis, I do like to tank. I, I, I do yeah. like <laughs> I do like to rob my opponent of any joy in their victory. Uh, <laughs> I, I call in balls out, out balls in, and uh, you know I just hit the ball very hard in the wrong direction. But that's just me. Nick Kyrgios won his first round match straight sets against Englishman uh, Aljaz Badin, six four six. Four, six, four. He got a warning in the first game yeah. of the match. Yeah. So, you know, his patience is now getting better, isn't it? <laughs> that he came through with, the, yes, the first game of the match. <laughs> it was 15 love and he blew up. <laughs> yeah, now that is patience personified. Yeah, I know, he said, said to the chair up, you've been doing that all day, umpire. <laughs> the chair umpire said, I only just got here. <laughs> <laughs> haven't even warmed the seat yet. John, <laughs> other Aussies, John Millman and Ellen uh, Perez also have uh, been knocked out of the US Open. Uh, all right, and I just wanted to play you this to finally notorious USA goalkeeper uh, Hope Solo. She was given a six-month suspension by US Soccer for making critical comments following that team's penalty shootout defeat by Sweden in the Olympic quarterfinals. And she called Sweden, quote, a bunch of cowards for their defensive strategy in the game, you know, parking the bus in front of the net. A choice of words that went down badly with US soccer president Sunil Gulati. Now, video has surfaced online of the moment Hope Solo found out about her suspension. Here is the audio. Oh, f- Six months suspension, no pay. Terminated contract, effective immediately. Terminated contract. Not just a suspension. How can they do both? It's both. 17 f***ing years and it's over. She's not happy. She's not at all happy, Hope Solo. If only Bernard Tomic had been there to tell her what to do with her soccer balls. All right. (laughs) 
All she's got left is hope. Yeah, that's exactly right. Ray Warren, always lovely to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much uh, for being part of it. And again, a reminder of what we heard all earlier that the uh, police from the gang squad, Strike Force Raptor, issued a consorting warning uh, to Andrew Fafita today, consorting with known criminals. That was the other news in the day. Hope we've covered it all for you. We'll catch up again next time. See you soon. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now.